Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome to Ireland's Birth Stories, a podcast created for women to share their experiences with pregnancy and birth. My name is Cora Gernon and I've created this space to enable women to share their experiences from start to finish without feeling shy about the detail. Thank you to those who have taken the time to rate, review and subscribe to the podcast. It really helps gain more exposure. So if you haven't, I would love if you could take the time, obviously, if you're enjoying the podcast, if you could take the time, just a moment to rate, review or subscribe wherever you listen to your episodes. This week's episode is brought to you by Nook. For over 50 years, Nook has used the latest medical science to develop products that have helped over 50 million children and of course their parents. The invention of the original Nook Teat inspired by Mother Nature to today's vast range of baby care products, each designed to make life that little bit easier for parents and children, means that Nook is a household name and a recent poll revealed they're still there to be the most popular in Ireland. Nook products are constantly designed and developed with input from medical professionals, midwives and most importantly, the people who know more than anyone else about what a baby bottle needs to offer mothers with great products for learning to eat a range of soothers for breastfed and bottle fed babies and household and care products nook has product solutions that make life easier for parents and children so nook products are available in macaulay pharmacy mccabe's pharmacy lloyd pharmacy and selected done stores and pharmacies nationwide i will link their website and also their uh, instagram handle on the show notes in this week's episode, I chat to Sinead, who shares her five pregnancies and four births. So Sinead shares all of the details surrounding her first three pregnancies and the births. And there's some really, really nice stories in there, nice moments. And then she talks about her fourth pregnancy. Um, she unfortunately suffered early pregnancy loss. Um, she talks through all of the details and she felt so ill throughout her miscarriage. But she actually ended up having sepsis and it wasn't until she got into the hospital she was freezing cold but sitting beside a radiator that the midwives realised that she was very very sick and there's a really strong message in Sinead's story that is as mothers we tend to put ourselves last that we know family first we look after the family we're not the ones who get sick but Sinead realised that her body was was sending her all sorts of messages to slow down to let her recover um, and it wasn't until she did that weeks and months later that she realised um, that she needed to, to take that time 
Sinead then chats to me about her fifth pregnancy and the birth of her fourth baby. And she talks to me about pregnancy after loss and also what it's like to to give birth during the height of COVID. So an episode that will be relatable for so many of you. So thank you, Sinead, for sharing your story. And I hope you all enjoy. Sinead, you are very welcome to the Ireland's Birth Stories podcast. Thank you. Do you want to just begin by giving us a little introduction to you and your family? Okay, so um, I'm Sinead. Um, I have four children and I have had one miscarriage along the way as well. Um, so my eldest is six. My Then I have a four, two and a three-month-old. <laughs> it's pretty hard. Yeah, hectic. <laughs> definitely, definitely. You may hear the, the two-month-old as, as, as the meeting goes on because uh, she's here on me. <laughs> okay, work away. I actually miss having Eva here. I used to have Eva here for the episodes for months and then she got into her own bed. Anyway, will we dive into your first pregnancy? So Mwerin was my first pregnancy and that was, I suppose, seven years ago now. When you say it like that, it sounds so long. But um, super easy to get pregnant. Literally came home from honeymoon pregnant. So that was was great. The pregnancy was fine. Um, It was my first pregnancy. So, you know, you don't really know what's going on. You don't know if things are good or bad or indifferent or whatever. But I had a fine pregnancy. Like there was nothing, nothing major. I had to go into hospital at one stage because I had heart palpitations. And so... I didn't I didn't know that this was kind of just a normal thing that happens to a lot of women in pregnancy. So I stayed, I think it was about three nights in the hospital while they just kind of did different random checks and stuff like that. And then um, by the end of it, a consultant came around and uh, I, I had to laugh. I keep telling this story, but he came around and um, he got the tray, you know, the tray for the that just be over your bed in the hospital mm. and he came around and he knocked on the tray and he said when your heart is pal- palpitating does it sound like this and he did one way or this or this and I said um the middle one and he said you're fine go home oh <laughs> I stayed three nights in hospital for for the consultant to come around and bang on the table and tell me I could go home and how did you how did you feel in yourself like I was fine it was just a strange experience I would have been fit up to that like I would have been doing fitness I I would have been I I'm a teacher but I trained then as a fitness instructor as well okay so I would have been super fit in the gym four or five times a week doing 10k marathons doing you know whatever I would have been super super fit but um yeah so the heart palpitations kind of frightened me Mm. when they started happening but like to his grand apparently Apparently it's just a thing. It's just a thing that happens to some women. But uh, it didn't, like it wasn't, I, I, I didn't get faint or anything like that. Not in the first pregnancy. In my all my other pregnancies, I would have been faint and weak and dizzy and kind of all that stuff. But um, for the first pregnancy, I was fine that way. It was just the heart palpitations. But um, yeah, that was it was all fine. The nine months kind of went by grand until month nine where you're just literally kind of everything was dragging because I was just waiting I was just waiting to meet the baby and I just I just couldn't wait I had wanted I had wanted to be pregnant for so long I had wanted a baby for so long and um like we were just waiting until we got married and were settled and you know all that kind of stuff um it was just that the last one's dragged and I, I remember walking around mother care and kind of starting to get twinges and I was like, oh my God, this is it. I need to get home. No, 
this wasn't it. This was nothing close to it. Um, it just went on and on. And then two weeks after my due date, okay. we went, yeah, I was due. I was due, I think, on the 18th of January. And she didn't arrive until the 25th. So right. <laughs> it really dragged. But uh, we went out for dinner on the Saturday, on the Saturday night, let's say. And I was like, this is the only way we're going to get her to come. It's the only way we have to go out for dinner. We have to do something yeah. that she interrupt because <laughs> that's the only way we'll come. So we went out for dinner on the Saturday and um, I was due to be induced on the Monday uh, if if she didn't come herself. Like So Saturday night we came home from the restaurant. We were sitting watching Michael McIntyre and I was just laughing. I was just laughing my head off. And I started to feel something and I was like, oh, OK, I'm not even going to I'm not even going to mention it. I'm not going to say anything because it might not be it. It might not be it. But as the night went on, it kind of, the, you know, the contractions, the twinges, it all started getting a bit stronger. And I went to the bathroom and I was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. There's this blood. There's, there, you know, there, I had my show or whatever. Oh, yeah. And um, so then I was like, right, we'll go to bed and uh, we'll try and get a little bit of sleep. And we'll go to the hospital then, you know, I was timing the contractions and they were nowhere near the four minutes or the five minutes or the one minute or whatever. It was like 10 minutes and then back to 15 minutes and then 20 minutes. And then <laughs> so I knew I wasn't close, close, but I was like, it's going to happen. It's definitely going to happen. So um, I set my alarm, I think, for about six o'clock in the morning. Not that I needed it because I was up all night anyway, like, you know, between the, the little contractions and that. And um, I got up at six and I had a shower and I, I did my hair in a fancy little braid because I had seen that, you know, this was the thing to do because I was going to get all sweaty and everything. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I was going to look immaculate, you know, when I came, when I when, when my turn came because I was going to have a fancy braid in my hair. <laughs> so I did all that and I had a big bowl of Krispies and then I got himself up at about eight or nine I think and I was like right the contractions are gone down to about seven minutes apart now they were and they weren't they were like going from 10 minutes to 12 minutes to seven minutes to six minutes back up to 10 and back down I was like but I was just so anxious I just I wanted to get to the hospital and I wanted I wanted to be there because I wanted to know that it was happening do you know that kind of way so we just we went off anyway. We went off to the hospital, and um, sure, I got the I got examined by the midwives or whatever, and they were like, "Yeah, you've a bit of time yet, love. You've a bit of time yet." I was like, oh, "Really? Do I?" And I thought I was so close, you know. So we were. I, I got brought to the ward, and they were like, "Maybe go and have a, have a bath, have a bath, and that might bring things along." So himself brought me down and we went in and I had a bath and then I was showering off afterwards and there was a big gush and I was like oh what was that <laughs> so my water was broke when I was okay. in the shower himself then went and um got the midwife and was like oh, her waters are broken and whatever so she was like grand okay so they did another little assessment and they brought me down to the labor ward and um I was there she said, I don't know, I must have been there probably about 12 or 1 o'clock in the afternoon, I'd say. I started down there. And um, that was grand. I was having my contractions and they hooked me up. And um, 
everything was going fine and then they were offering me they said do you what what do you want as regards pain relief and I was like I don't know what do you have (laughs) I hadn't really I hadn't made a decision on what I was or wasn't going to have I was just going to kind of see where it took me you know I was kind of going to do whatever came naturally at the time and um the midwife there she was so lovely and uh, she was like right well you've been you've been laboring now for a while and you're only going to get more tired and it's going to be tough but it's up to you whatever you want to do we're not forcing you we're not pressurizing you into anything but let me know whatever you whatever you choose whatever you decide so I had a chat with himself and I kind of was like look let's try the epidural because I was starting to get sore and I was starting to get tired and you know I didn't really know what was to come so I got the epidural and that was all fine but um I'm not sure did it slow things down but still nothing was nothing was happening (laughs) there was you know I was I was having contractions but I wasn't dilating far enough along so I think they gave me um a little bit of is it called a symposia symposia so they gave me a little drip of symposia to um speed things up and uh that was grand and then at around at, at the shift change, at the shift change, the new midwife came in and she checked me and she said, oh, you're 10. We can start. We can do it. And I was like, brilliant. Himself had gone down to get Supermax. So oh. <laughs> I, had to, I had to give himself a ring and his sister had come in with the Supermax. And uh, she I was like, now, don't don't let on anything. Don't as you know because where was I only in the hospital and they were there I was like don't let on anything but um it's starting now it's starting and he was like okay I won't let on anything and you know his sister was sitting in front of him (laughs) but I think they might realize you know when I'm leaving leaving yeah (laughs) so he came up anyway and um yeah, so about an hour later, I think she I think she was about twenty-three minutes past nine after she was born. It was all just oh. it was all fine. Yeah, so it, it was the epidural. I didn't feel anything. I was told when to push. I was <laughs> right, you're having a contraction, push. And I was like, Great. Oh, but I'll never forget it. The the midwives, they're they're just they're phenomenal. They're phenomenal women. They're just amazing. And um there was a kind of a doctor hanging around. He was he was just hanging around in the background and he kept coming in and out, kind of checking things out. And um, at one stage he was, he was like, he was, I think he went out to get a vacuum or to get a forceps. And uh, the midwife actually at one stage just turned around and I, I swear she nearly just gave him a smack in the hand and said, go away. <laughs> She's doing oh, really? It. I need you. <laughs> you know? So from that moment, I learned trust the midwives. Yeah. You know, they know their job better than anyone. But I, I just, I'd always remember it was like she was scolding a child. Do you know what I mean? As in like, she's fine. She doesn't need that. Off you go. Yeah, don't even bring it in because that could nearly throw you off if you even saw that. Yeah, sure. I didn't know what was going on. I was I was mm. focused on the midwife um, and I knew I knew who to focus on in the room. So I focused mm. on the midwife and I, I just was like, she's going to get me through it. This is the woman that's going to get me and it's going to bring out my baby. This is this is how it's going to happen. So I, I did have an episiotomy actually that time, but um, it was fine. I didn't feel a thing with the epidural. It was grand. I absolutely just didn't feel a thing. And um, got stitched up afterwards and she was placed on my chest. And I just was, it was the most surreal experience of my entire life. I just mm-hmm. did not, 
I couldn't comprehend she had been inside and now she was here. I was just like, this is, this is just amazing. It's just this miracle. Like I couldn't, I couldn't get over it. And um, I had to laugh actually because you were, you, I think you had it up on your stories a few weeks ago. You were talking about that initial, that rush of love that you get. But uh, I didn't get that. I didn't get this mad rush. I knew I loved her, but I didn't get this mad rush of like love. I got this mad rush of responsibility. Yeah. I was like, yeah. oh, this this is mine now. I mm. She's mine. I'm responsible now. This is this is it. Like, you know, this starts now and this doesn't stop. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so it was kind of it was a little bit overwhelming, a little bit scary very surreal and just it was it was everything it was all the emotions it was absolutely everything so when did you decide to try for baby number two um well I was breastfeeding and I stayed breastfeeding so my periods kind of didn't come back when did they come back probably it was probably nearly a year later I'd say so we were kind of like let's go again <laughs> pretty much as soon as we could we were like let's do this again this is fun we we're enjoying it we're doing we're doing okay we're doing okay so um again it was all fairly fairly easy things came came easily so that was great um and we were pregnant I'd say within about a month or two of starting to try again so that was great so my husband says he's a super sperm <laughs> laughing um so all good again pregnancy was fine not an issue at all um but I'll, I'll I'll never forget I had this real kind of moment when I was pregnant on my second when I was putting the first to sleep and I I would rock her to sleep because that's the only way she would go to sleep and I caught myself in the mirror and I had this big pregnant belly and she was there in her little tigger, tigger onesie going to bed. And I just remember looking at myself and looking at her and kind of thinking, your whole world is going to change as soon as this baby comes out. Are you going to be OK? Mm, yeah. Do you know, that was my everything was kind of revolving around her. And not me, you know, I, mm. I wasn't worried for myself. I was kind of like, whatever happens, we'll we'll manage. But I was kind of like, it's going to be such a difference. She was going from being the one focus of everyone's attention to having to share us, having to share mammy, you know, having to share mammy who had been completely and utterly devoted to her. Yeah, yeah for the last however year and a half or whatever so um yeah, I remember just really struggling with that and the guilt I got I don't know did you feel it oh but massively I, yeah for for wanting another baby mm. you know I mean because yeah. I wanted I wanted another baby I wanted a full house that that was kind of the joke in our wedding speech was that um we were going to have a hurling team <laughs> that, was, that was that was the joke but um Yes, no, so everything everything again went smooth with the pregnancy. I had heart palpitations again, but um I just didn't say it that time to okay. anyone because I was like, Well, I was told last time it's normal and I don't want to be taken into hospital and taken away from the lady at home because I had never been away from her for a night nice. or for any amount of time until 
I went into labor. <laughs> so it was, um, you know, I was just kind of, that was, that was my biggest worry, I suppose, was how was she going to react when mm-hmm. I wasn't going to be around, you know? So um, it went on and it was coming up to my husband's birthday. My husband's birthday is on the 27th of November and baby two came on the 8th of December. So she was, she was due, I think, the 1st of December. And we were kind of, the big joke was, oh, she's going to arrive on his birthday. She's going to be early, you know, <laughs> no such luck. <laughs> but, um, so we, um, it, the night I went into labour anyway, it was, um, so I had a few false starts again. I seem to, I seem to have false starts on every pregnancy. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it was all fine. Uh, went to bed. I think at about half 11, 12 o'clock, I kind of, I kind of knew something was happening. I was like, hmm, you know, this is, um, I'm starting to get that feeling again. <laughs> I'm starting to recognise it. So I just, I went to bed and I said, I'm going to try and get some rest before we go to hospital, before anything happens, you know. So I went down to bed and just, well, I didn't sleep. Now you couldn't say I slept because it was, I, I laboured through the night kind of. And um contractions about five o'clock six o'clock in the morning I could feel the contractions were starting to come a lot closer together so I um I was timing them away and they were about 10 minutes and then down to seven and then back up to 10 and then down to seven I was laughing thinking to myself at this point I was well in the hospital the last time yeah. you know but on the second time we just kind of you're, you know you're, you're you're working away so we, we worked away anyway and it was fine but um, what I hadn't realised was, you see, I had been lying down all the time through all of this. And then at six o'clock again, six o'clock seems to be the time, I said, right, I'm going to get up now, have my shower, I'm going to get himself ready and get himself you know, sorted and get our childcare sorted for the other lady. And we'll go. So six o'clock came and I got up. And as soon as I stood up, I just felt baby's head just dropped oh, you felt it, huh? really I was like oh maybe I should have gotten up sooner so I had the the quickest shower of my life I'd say just to kind of you know get myself ready and get myself geared to go and got himself up and um the other lady woke up while it was all going on so we explained that we were going to the hospital or whatever and um I'll never forget, I, I got himself to ring the hospital to tell them we were coming in, you know. We 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 drove into the hospital and um, by the time we got there, the contractions were very, very close together. And um, I they, they gave me the quickest exam ever, got me straight into the labour ward, <laughs> said, I'm sorry now, there's no time for any epidurals or anything. Oh, okay. Like, we're ready to go. So... You were 10, were you? Yeah, I was full 10. I oh, was ready. Wow. Yeah, ready to go. And um, so pretty much just started pushing straight away, had my gas and air. And um, I couldn't tell you what I said. My husband laughs. He says, you're only having all these babies. So you get more gas and air and start talking. Oh. <laughs> to the so I could have said anything at all. Um but uh, yeah, again, fine labour. She just came out after a few pushes and it was all fine. And again, she placed on my chest, she weed all over me and uh, then feeding straight away. Just oh, literally brilliant. started feeding straight away. 
So that was kind of, again, that was different because the other lady, we struggled a little bit with the other lady, but okay. um, you know, it was fine. But we, it took, took a couple of days to settle. And did you feel a difference in your recovery? Because obviously you would have recovered after both an epidural and then an unmedicated labour. So do you, did you feel a difference? I think it was much quicker, yeah. Mm. I think it was definitely quicker. I think I was able to just up and go again. But you see, I don't know, it could have been an attitude change as well at that yeah. stage because I knew I knew more about what was what was facing me. I definitely knew a little bit more about what I needed to do for me yeah. as well as what Good I needed point. to do for the baby. Do you know what I mean? And um, <laughs> she was born and... All went fine now. She because she was such a quick delivery, she was very mucousy, so you could kind of hear it an awful lot um, in her breathing and stuff. There was a little bit of snorting going on and things like that. But they say that because when when you have a quick delivery like that, that's just kind of part of course. It's normal that the baby doesn't get a chance to um, clear out the lungs fully because they don't get pushed through as much. But um, we had one one scary moment where she did stop breathing when I was on the ward and uh, that was that was very frightening but um yeah no thanks to the doctors everything was fine like you know just a minute or two later you know everything was fine and all grand again and but yeah no that was uh that was one frightening thing that uh that happened and so um pretty much as soon as things started working again we kind of said Will we go again? <laughs> and uh, yes, yeah, so then again, it took no time to get pregnant on number three. No time at all. And um, I was a little bit sicker this time. Definitely things were different. Um, I felt different about this pregnancy. It was just, I don't know, did you have a difference between your boy and your girl? But I just my cravings were different my sickness was different the nausea was different I was I was vomiting so much this time oh, it's tough I, when you've when you've yeah two look after yeah. yeah oh stop I'll never forget my head in the toilet and my toddler smacking my bum <laughs> I was there head in the toilet God. all I was getting in the back was you're all right mammy yeah <laughs> <laughs> like I'd be better if you weren't smacking me there yeah yeah <laughs> you know? and it was kind of an all-day thing like I'd anything like dinner time I'd just get up in the middle of the dinner table and I just <clears throat> I'll be back in a minute I'll be back oh, and gosh. just have to run to the bathroom you know how long did that go on for I did oh how, how long, long did that go on? it went on for I'd say about four months oh I'd say it was the first four months. It wasn't, it didn't stop directly at, you know, the end of the first trimester mm. or anything like that. It went on for a little bit longer, but um, we got over it, you know, it was fine. Um, and then I was, I was exhausted during this pregnancy. I was absolutely exhausted. I just, you know, I had two kids who weren't sleeping and I was still breastfeeding number two up until she self-weaned. And the other lady had previously self-weaned as well. And they both, I think, I think they both self-weaned about 18 months. In the exact same point, it's really funny because there's 22 months between one and two. There's 22 months between two and three. Mm -hmm. So, and and Mm -hmm. each each one self-weaned 
at the same time in my pregnancy. So I was like, well, this is clearly the natural way it's supposed to happen because yeah. it happened twice. <laughs> you know, and would you have gone on to tandem feed then or would you have stopped yourself? Uh, I I don't know. I don't know because I had a friend who was tandem feeding and she looked even more wrecked than I did. So I was yeah. kind of like, is that, maybe I shouldn't, you know, maybe I should encourage the step weaning or encourage the weaning process as much as I can. Mm. But um, as it turned out, I didn't have to at all because they just both, it was actually, it was really strange. I'm not sure if you, if you had that sensation, but one morning I woke up on baby number one and all of a sudden I just, I knew in, in I just I got this intuition I was like she's done this is it this is our last feed I know she's not going to want this anymore mm-hmm. it was so strange and she didn't it was it, it literally happened within a week of that she had stopped altogether mm. you know I just got I this. felt that with Oliver but I fear it with Eva because I'm not I'm in no way ready with Eva yeah, yeah. and how old is Eva now she's 13 months 13 months yeah mm. you still got a bit of time anyway definitely mm. But um, yeah, no, it was the strangest thing to just kind of, to just kind of know all of a sudden yeah, that, yeah, that it was going to happen. But um, yeah, so uh, again, that pregnancy, I was exhausted. I was getting dizzy. I was having kind of near fainting spells just because of pure exhaustion. But um, the doctor anyway. Um, my consultant or whatever in one of my visits said, right, you're coming in. We have to observe you for a while if you're complaining okay. this. And I know, yeah, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, and I'll never forget, I just roared crying because I just didn't want to leave the two girls at home. I was like, I'm fine. I'm just tired. It's just exhaustion, do you know? And he was like, no, you've complained of it now two or three times. We're bringing you in for observation for a night. We're going to, we, we have to like, just to make sure, I think it was, yeah. um, I think it was preeclampsia they were worried about, you know, because that okay. not preeclampsia is just the dizziness and the fainting kind of things. So um, I was there, I, I was in bits. I bawled. I was like, I'm okay. Please, I'm fine. I'm just tired. I don't want to leave my babies. <laughs> you know, but uh, I look, I went in for my night of rest where they checked me every two hours to check my blood pressure to check. Yeah. It was worse than being at home, like, you know. <laughs> but um, look, they, they let me go anyway the following day. Everything was fine. They, they knew there was nothing wrong with me, only that I was exhausted and needed a break. And I was like, yeah, OK, you tell my two kids that. <laughs> and did you find, did you find um you could, like, pockets in the day where you could have a rest or like did you let yourself lie on the couch while they played and turn the telly on yeah look I just had to yeah you know you yeah yeah yeah. like and you know there was a little bit more screen time than there would have been before and that that that's just normal that's Mm. just part of life and it just I just let them either play around in front of me or watch a bit of telly while I I just had to I had to just sit down and put the leg just just take the rest and um, like himself is great when he's around, but he's um, he's on call 24 seven, 365 days a year. So he um, that's just part of his job, you know, he's an emergency, he's an emergency worker. So I can't rely on him to always be there. Like I couldn't just up and go for a walk and leave the kids with him. 
because if he gets a call, he has to go straight away. He has to be there within five minutes. So, Does he work for a Coast Guard or something? No, he's a fireman. So, oh, okay. Yeah. So he, um, it's it's really just we're we're kind of we're kind of caught that way. And um, I'll never forget. I, I left him with the baby one. I think it was baby two. And I, I just handed, I, just, I have to go toilet. And I handed, I handed the baby to him. And I was in the bathroom, as you, as you do. And the alerter went off and he had to literally just run into the bathroom, throw the baby at me. Baby go, do you know? So what do you do? Like, if you want to go, like, if he, like, if you want to go somewhere, mm-hmm. what, what happens? Uh, I bring all the kids with me. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, or else. All the time. You no, know, well, he can sign out, but if he signs out, then he misses a call and misses a job. Misses yeah. a job, exactly. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Sure, who can afford to miss jobs? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, that's tough going. Yeah, but um, yeah. So off we went anyway. Baby three, all fine. Um, it didn't look like he was he, he was coming at all. There was just no sign. Judith went by, got my day for induction, was waiting, waiting. I'll never forget I was in um I was in Aldi and uh I I, I met I met just a, a woman um that I, I would just meet around and kind of just know her to chat to her. And uh, she was like, Oh, when are you due? And I was like, four days ago. And she was like, And you're in Aldi doing your shop. I was like, sure, we have to eat. <laughs> I was like, I, I think I might be going into getting juiced, and I was telling her, and she was like, I just got juiced. It's fine. And I said, like, Tell me what happens. <laughs> so she basically just kept me uh, oh. synopsis of what happens when you're getting juiced. <laughs> and um, I was like, Okay, I can do that. That's fine. I can do that. That's no hassle at all. So um, yeah. So as as it happened, I went the whole way to induction day, and um, himself dropped. Uh, he dropped the eldest to play school. She was staying there for the day because they do after school. He brought um, the second girl. He brought her off to Supermax for sausages for breakfast. Sent me on a picture of the two of them. I sitting in the in the labour ward, getting 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 whatever they were giving me the the drugs and all that. Reading, sitting there reading a Marion Keys book. <laughs> I was getting induced. And um, he was there sending me pictures of sausages and Supermax and the whole lot. So it was all fine. It was all very happy at one stage. A consultant walked in. She wasn't my consultant. And um, she walked in and she saw me there just sitting kind of all hooked up and just reading a book. And she was like, well, if you aren't an ad for having a baby, then I don't know. What, you know? <laughs> she put me on your website. <laughs> Probably the first time you got to sit down and actually read a book. But I, but I, I, whatever time I try read a book, I just fall asleep. Yeah, <laughs> anyway, exactly, yeah. And yeah. Just, yeah. I was kind of like, this is actually lovely. I wonder if they can take yeah. it out for a bit longer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But um, eventually, anyway, they start. I went for himself came in because he had dropped um, he dropped uh, our second girl off, and uh, he came in and he was like, right. So I went for a walk down the corridor um, and I was actually chatting to one of the midwives there. She had just been on a course, which I thought was really, she was kind of chatting to me about it. It was really interesting. She was saying that she had just learned this whole new way of trying to kind of help women along in labour where they, they had this whole obstacle course set up. 
Uh, oh, hopscotch! Is yeah, it? like all these different. Yeah, yeah. And um, they were. She was going to try and bring it into the to the hospital. Um, you know, it's just all different markings. So you might go up and down the steps and bounce on the mm. ball for a little bit, and then do this or do that. Or, you know, I just I thought it was really interesting. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, it's oh, great. Cool. And um, I went for the little walk down the corridor and came back up. And as soon as I came back up, that was it baby was coming <laughs> that was it that was all it took to kind of get get the get the ball in motion and um after having been through one epidural and one with just gas and air I I've been humming and hawing I didn't know what I was going to do and I was kind of like to my husband sure will I go for the epidural because you know you feel nothing and it was grand and then by the time it actually came to me saying, I think I might want the epidural. She was like, I'll give him a ring. Yeah, no problem. I'll give him a ring. But she knew herself. It was gone. gone. <laughs> the baby was coming. She was she was just keeping, you know, she was she was doing what she could to keep me calm and keep me going. But she was she knew herself the baby was the baby was on the way. Um at one stage she looked at me and she said, now I'm just going to put put my delivery pack over here because I think once this baby decides to come, I think I think he's going to be here very quickly. <laughs> and uh, by the time baby arrived, she barely had time to put on the gloves. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, he just flew out. Um, it was funny having been in there all morning waiting and all of a sudden there was no wait at all. It was just a case of he was out. And that was <laughs> he came out super fast just flew out I don't think I was even I wasn't even pushing five minutes and he was out so, okay yeah it was it was so fast and um I had the most wonderful midwife she was just fabulous and I was I was on my gas and air and love and life but um I remember turning to her and going but um yeah so that was great and all fine he was he was fantastic he was eight pounds seven so I had gone from seven one to seven eight to eight pounds seven so it was a bit of a big jump but um there was no issues I had a little bit of a tear and I just got a couple of stitches but um they let me have the gas and air for the stitches so I was, was happy out <laughs> and did he latch as well straight away um, yeah girls straight away literally again straight away and again they popped him on my chest and I was just I was like this is this is so different but still the same you know what I mean because it was a boy this time and it was um yeah it was it was different but the same you know it's, it's the same love but in a different way because we were like oh now it's a boy what do we do with a boy <laughs> yeah but everything again everything went so well with himself and uh Everything was good. He latched on. He fed like an absolute trooper. And he was the fattest baby I ever saw. He was so oh, gorgeous. <laughs> In comparison, because the two girls were just real dainty. Like they've always been dainty. But this lad, he was just, he was all, all fat. Like <laughs> so it, was, it was really funny. And I remember just like looking at his legs and looking at his arms going, I did that. <laughs> yeah. It's a real sense of pride when they're big and fat, isn't it? <laughs> oh yeah, that was all. Um, it, it all everything everything went really well. It was an adjustment. Now, mind Jesus, it was an adjustment definitely to having a small baby and a toddler and a preschooler. It was very much kind of like, 
wow, okay, hands are full. But um, still fabulous. Like still, it was all just, it was all just really nice. So, um, did you find going from one to two or two to three the hardest? Um, do you know what? I think I found number one the hardest. Yeah. One was just complete overwhelm. And I just did not realize what was going to happen. I didn't realize how much the whole world was about to change. Do you know? Mm, yeah. Whereas with number two, I kind of like the newborn phase was so easy. She slept, do you know? I don't remember the first one sleeping because I was just so overwhelmed by the whole sense of newness of it all so I found the newborn phase on number two so easy because she just slept so much and I was still able to give so much of my time to the the the, the first like the toddler so we kind of it didn't change everything when baby three came along um it was a bit harder Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burroughs Memorial Day sale at burrowcom slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Actually, I'll never forget that. Just my husband um, being on call. He didn't take any paternity leave or anything like that. So the night I came home from hospital, again, I was barely in hospital 24 hours because I was just like, no, I'm fine. Baby's fine. We're grand. We'll go home. (laughs) We'll be better off at home, you know. Mm. The night... That we brought baby three home. He had three call outs in one night. Oh my God. <laughs> so I was there in the state that you are after giving birth 24 hours previous with two other children that weren't sleeping <laughs> as well as the newborn baby. <laughs> he came home from the first call and 
all four of us were in the bed together because I just they just couldn't they kept waking up and I couldn't keep bringing them back into their own beds it just wasn't just wasn't happening so all four of us were in the bed so he popped he popped the other two back in and then he got the second call out and came back and only one of the other girls was in the bed which is every time he'd come back there'd be a different number of people in the bed oh my god you must have been a, a different level of exhaustion yeah. 100%, 100%. We, I, I was just, just wrecked. Mentally, how do you, how did you stay okay with that? Because tiredness is a killer. Like it's, it's brutal. Yeah, I suppose I just, just so used to being tired. As my mother says, you, you've yeah. been, you haven't been well rested in six and a half years now. So like, yeah. I don't know what it's like to not be tired. <laughs> I don't remember. Yeah. I literally just don't remember. So it's just all tiredness, you know, it's just all a, a, you just have to get up and get on with life. Like, mm. do you know, it's not going to wait. Uh, can you imagine like when you were pregnant with your first, like I used to see people and they'd be at the, would be in Tesco and they'd be getting the buggy out and they'd be putting the baby in. And I'd be like, oh my God, I'm so not looking forward to that. Like what effort. Now I'm like, you just do it and so much more you don't realize suppose, what you're capable of you you have no choice either. you have no idea what you're capable of until you have a lot of babies like it and <sighs> you can just have the one like it, women are like my fascination with women and with women's bodies has just grown and grown and grown and grown yeah. as as time has gone by and as I have learned more about other mothers and other women and everyone else's journey because with my um, Instagram page as well, I get a lot of, you know, you get a lot of interaction, you do as well, with other mothers who just want to talk to you and want to tell you their story. And it's it's just fabulous. I just love, yeah. I just love hearing about other women's successes, other women's achievements. I just, I just think we're amazing. As, mm. as a species, we're above and beyond. <laughs> In and around the same time again, my period came back. We tried for baby number four and again, straight away, <laughs> pretty much. Um, actually, we went away for our very first night away in what had it been by that stage, about five years since our honeymoon. It was our first night away together since our honeymoon, just the two of us. And um, baby number four was conceived just like that. <laughs> and as I said to my husband, I said, I know because there wasn't anything before that and there wasn't anything after that <laughs> because we just we had three other kids in the bed all the time <laughs> yeah you know so um uh everything went well then on Christmas Eve we had been racing around town uh, as you do when you have three kids on Christmas Eve and you're trying to get the, the last few bits sorted and we came home and I just I noticed that there was there was blood in my underwear so I rang the doctor and I just said look probably fine we were racing around town I probably just put a little bit of pressure on myself and he was like you're probably right but will you just go into the maternity ward and just get checked anyway just just kind of just to put your mind at ease to put my mind at ease let's just get it checked out so I we put the kids to bed as normal as well as normal as you can do on Christmas Eve because <laughs> they're just high as kites and um, luckily, my husband's brother was actually staying with us uh, for Christmas. So we went off into 
maternity ward and I just said, look, you go on home in case one of the kids wakes. I'll be fine. I'm just because I didn't know how long I'd be waiting or anything. So I just said, you go on home. I'll be fine. It's We're here just as a precaution. It's going to be fine. You know, fully 100% sure that everything was going to be fine. And um, so I went in and there was the junior doctor or whoever was there. And he did the scan first. And he... He said, I, he, he, he didn't say anything. He just said, uh, I'm just going to get the other doctor to come in and have a check on this. And I was like, oh. And at this point, this was the first time I started to kind of think maybe things aren't okay, you know. And the midwife was there and she was like, this happens, this happens, it's fine. Look, he's a junior doctor, he's not... He's still in, you know, he's still, he was on his maternity leave residency or, or his maternity ward residency. And she's like, this happens all the time. It's fine. Because obviously I had started to get a little bit emotional and she was kind of holding my hand and saying, look, we don't know anything. We don't know anything. And um, then the other doctor came in, the senior doctor or whatever. And she kind of had a look and she asked me again for my dates. And I was like, I was able to say with certainty, you know, what date the baby had been conceived and everything. And she was like, okay, well, unfortunately, it's not, the, the, the growth of the baby is not corresponding with the dates that you're telling us. So the baby was too small and they couldn't find the heartbeat. So that was just, it was heartbreaking. It was absolutely heartbreaking. I was devastated. I was there and my husband, obviously, I had sent him home to get to the other kids. Mm. So he was on his way back in, ringing me, asking me, was everything OK? And I said, can you just get here? I didn't want to tell him over the phone, but at the same time, he could hear. He could hear from me that I was in pieces, you know. Um, so we, we the, the scan had said that the, the baby wasn't, wasn't viable or whatever. So we just... We went home, that was Christmas Eve, so we still had to go home. Santa still had to come. Everything still had to, everything still had to happen. Turkey still had to be cooked, you know. Um, so we we had to come in a couple of days later for the second scan. And they do a second confirmation scan to just confirm for sure that um, that, that the baby is, isn't, um, that the, the, the life wasn't viable. So... The second scan confirmed the same thing. They couldn't find a heartbeat and the growth of the baby wasn't um, corresponding with the dates. Um, but I was actually really, really sick at the time as well. This was this was Christmas and it was just before, it was the Christmas before COVID. So I had this really horrific chest infection and I was, I was literally, my husband had never seen me so sick. I was bent double, just coughing. At the time, I was so sick. So they said they couldn't intervene with anything because I was so sick. Um, so what they did was they gave me antibiotics to clear the chest infection before they could do anything about the miscarriage or about the baby. Um, I had to, I, I wasn't strong enough. I wasn't strong enough for anything. So they sent me home with the antibiotics and said, there's probably nothing going to happen over the next time. We probably will need to intervene in order for the miscarry the baby to fully miscarry um mm. but 
if it does happen, this is what to look out for. And she said, you know, it would be a clot, kind of a grape sized clot. And that would be, that would be your baby. That would be the, the miscarriage or whatever. Um, and she said, you shouldn't be in any pain. It should be okay if it does happen to you. And I said, okay. And I went home and that was fine. The following week I came back and my chest infection had cleared. And then they talked through the options with me of what to do. So they said either we could do it with medication or I could have a DNC. So with three kids at home, I didn't want DNC because it would have meant surgery. It would have meant coming into hospital. It would have meant all those things. So I didn't want that. And um, so I said, OK, we'll do it with medication. And um, so she, she, she gave me the medication ever. And she told me that um, it could take up to 72 hours for it to work. <coughs> sorry. You take some water if you need. Yeah, to. sorry. Um, so I decided I'd take it that evening. So that, you know, if it did happen quickly, that it would be overnight and that the kids would be asleep or whatever. So I took it and my husband got a fire call, <laughs> as happens. And I didn't really know what to expect. She had said you'd probably feel kind of labour pains. And she said, whatever you do, don't suffer at home. Don't don't yeah. be in pain at home. She gave me diphene and she gave me, you know, she said, take what you need to take, do what you need to do. Um, just, you know, but don't suffer at home. And I said, fine. <laughs> um, so that evening, just as my husband was coming back, the pains were starting to get worse and worse. And I was in and out of the bathroom a lot. And I just, I was not prepared. I was not prepared at all for just the amount of blood, the amount of clots, the amount of everything that that was happening to my body. I just hadn't a clue that this was what it was going to feel like. And even the feeling of passing a clot, like I just, I couldn't, I was in, I was, I was devastated. You know, I was in bits altogether. My husband didn't know what to do with me because I'm, you know, I'm I'm a strong woman. I'm I'm the mammy. I I make everyone else better. <laughs> That's my job, you know. But um, I I was getting up in the middle of the night and going to the bathroom. At one stage, my husband woke up because he heard a thud coming from the bathroom. I had passed out in the bathroom while passing a clot or whatever, and he had to pick me up and carry me back into my bed yeah he just he couldn't and then the other two kids one that I was still breastfeeding and the other the, the, the six-year-old that wakes for everything I had one of them on each arm I couldn't move my legs I was so weak I could feel everything passing through me and I knew that I was lying I, I knew that I was lying in a puddle but I couldn't I couldn't move I literally couldn't move, couldn't move my legs, couldn't move my body at all. So I think my kids are early risers. So at about six o'clock, they went down to the kitchen. And um, I 
was lying on the ground in the bedroom. I had just collapsed on my way to the bathroom. Um, my my bedroom, my, my bed is about four or five steps away from the bathroom, the ensuite in the room. I was lying on the floor. <laughs> I could hear the six-year-old saying to my husband, she was like, Daddy, why is mommy on the floor? What's wrong with her? And I was just like, I'm just having a rest. I'm okay. I'm just having a rest. He was like, what do I do? What do I do? I said, I'm okay here. There's nothing you can do for me. I'm, <laughs> I can't move. I said, go down and start the kids. Put the telly on. Give them something to eat. And then come back for me. You know, I was I, like, because I couldn't move, there was, but I was fine. You know what I mean? There was there was nothing that could happen to me. I wasn't, there was nothing that could happen to me. But you know yourself, three kids on their own down in a kitchen. There's, you know, something could happen then. So I remember he came back up to me and he was like, they're eating biscuits. I was like, I don't care what they're eating. Care, yeah. they're fine. Let them eat the biscuits. Just help me into the toilet. <laughs> Just, so... He helped me in. He literally at one stage, I just sat in the shower and he showered me off and just kind of kept kept me going and just showered me off and got me dressed and put me back into bed. And he 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 didn't know what to do at all because that's that's not his role. <laughs> in, in, but also what they see is is equally as shocking. Uh, for them as it is for us especially when they're so hands-on and do have to literally pick you up and help you and clean the toilet after you because you can't do it you know things like that he couldn't cope with the fact that it was all happening to me he mm. you know he can, he he has seen an awful lot in his job but mm. he couldn't see it happen to me you know it was just mm. it was just too hard so he um he put me into bed we called we called his sister over to, to mind the kids for the day, like while I was recovering or, you know, whatever. But um, he was, he was just amazing. He was brilliant. He was bringing me up tea laced with sugar, Nutella sandwiches, everything, <laughs> just to kind of get my sugars back up to get me strong, just to help me any, any, anything he could do at all. He was just, he was up and down to the bedroom. He had the monitor set up, in the room <laughs> so that I was oh did he oh god he yeah. on me that's a good idea yeah no it definitely was but um his sister came in at one stage and she she said I was unrecognizable I was yellow my my whole skin tone had completely changed I was just yellow she said she couldn't get over it I was so sick looking like you know and um yeah so that went on that went on for couple of couple of days anyway it was quite heavy and then it kind of it, it lightened things lightened and I went back to um I went back to the to the hospital for a scan again and I was explaining to her what had happened she was like what did I tell you what did I tell you Sinead I told you not to suffer at home she said why didn't you come in and I was just like look sure I would have had to come away from everyone at home then you know it just it just I couldn't I couldn't process that I couldn't be going through all this and be going through it away from the kids I couldn't have them be so worried about me where's mommy do you know what I mean but um as it turned out uh on my final scan the night uh, the Thursday before my final scan 
I started to feel really sick and I got a really, really high temperature. And I, but I was shivering, I was freezing, but my skin was just burning, it was on fire. So my husband was like, Are you okay? I was like, No, I'm fine, I just need to sleep it off. So I put the kids to bed and I just went to bed. I took two paracetamol and went straight to bed. And I sent the kids off to school the following morning, all fine. And I, I still didn't feel right. Um, but again, I just took took a couple of paracetamol and went in. It was my final scan to just show that the uterus was clear and that everything was OK. And um, I went in and I was I was frozen. I was absolutely freezing. My whole body was shaking with the cold. Well, well what I thought was shaking with the cold. And I just I, I was looking for radiators everywhere I was going when I was waiting in the hospital and one midwife came up to me and she said are you okay and I was like yeah no I'm grand I'm just freezing I'm just freezing as I was like my back was up against the radiator on the middle of a corridor and my whole body was shaking and then um about two minutes later uh, the head midwife um who would be on the in, in working in the outpatients she'd be the head midwife she came over and she was like what what are you here for and I was explaining that I was here for I was here to see um to get my final scan that I'd had a miscarriage and everything and she was like um just come with me here now we're just going to lie you up on the bed here and just give a check of you there have you a temperature or something and I was like no no I'm just freezing I'm fine I'm just I'm just really freezing I'm just freezing because my whole body was still shaking and she was checking my temperature and she said, did you take in anything this morning? I was like, yeah, I took two paracetamol there earlier on this morning. And she was like, OK, and what time was that? And I was just explaining everything. And um, then the lady who does the scan came in and we had gotten really close over the last couple of weeks, like because I had been in and out or in and out. And she was like, is everything OK, Sinead? I was like, yeah, no, I'm fine. I'm just freezing. I'm just really cold. I'm just really cold. And um she just gave me a check and everything was fine. My uterus was clear. And then um, she she brought me in a cup of tea and she I was like, oh, yeah, no, I feel much better after that. And she was like, look, I just I can't let you home and until I just get you seen to. You're probably fine. Um, but I just I just going to pop you over here to the maternity unit and just just get a doctor to give you a quick look over. And I was like, I know I'm fine. I just I just need the tea and I'll be grand. I'm just freezing. And um she so she she kind of rang and she um, said, look, I just have a girl here. She's rigoring. And I didn't know what that meant at the time. And um, <laughs> she was like, she's she's rigoring uh, quite a bit here. And um, I'm just going to bring her over. And if you just give her um, the, the once over. And uh, she put me in the wheelchair and I was like, I don't need a wheelchair. I'm grand. And she was like, just 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 for, for, you know, I have to put you in the wheelchair to bring you over. And she was doing all this and doing all this. And I was like, OK, yeah, grand, grand. So she put me in the wheelchair and she brought me over. And um, the paracetamol had started to wear off, obviously, by that stage. My mm. temperature was over 40. <laughs> and Whoa, yeah, I, I, was, I, I was freezing myself. My whole body was shaking. And um, they, they, you know, the the temperature was up to over forty, and they was they were saying, yeah, no, you're gone into septic shock now. Um, so yeah, I I went in, uh, I had sepsis after the miscarriage, and after everything, there obviously there was some kind of infection, something had happened, and they were wrapping the you know the thing around your wrist, the the little label thing, 
But I was in such complete denial. I said to her, am I staying? What? What? What do you do? No, I can't stay. It was my first daughter's birthday the following day. And I said, no, I can't stay. It's her birthday tomorrow. I, I can't stay. <laughs> because, because I was fine. When does the penny drop? Like, when, when, when do you, when do you, God. Literally, just, you just don't. So, um, they they put me I was on the maternity ward but they put me into a private room because obviously after having the miscarriage um mm. they, they're looking after your mental health like, so they put me into a private room and um anytime a midwife came near me or a nurse came near me or a doctor came near me I was like but I think I'm going home tomorrow no because it's my daughter's birthday tomorrow so like I have to go home and they were like they were just starting to placate me then they were like yeah okay yeah we'll see how you are tomorrow if we can get your temperature down yeah we'll see how you are we'll see how you are <laughs> everyone in the room but me knew what was going you. on yeah everybody knew and I was just in complete denial complete denial I couldn't I couldn't be sick I couldn't do you know what I mean and um mm. I was getting my blood taken I think I got it taken about four times in a few hours. And the doctor at one stage said, I'm really sorry because um, they classify a trauma as getting your blood taken three times in a day. And this was his fourth time coming to poke at me. He was like, I'm really sorry. This is classified like as a trauma. We just have to keep checking. We don't know what's going on. So um, what happened? I, 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 I had sepsis anyway. And my body was attacking my white blood cells. So I had no white blood cells. My white blood cell count was down to practically zero. And um, my iron level was in my boots. Um, <laughs> I had nothing, nothing left. But I was still going home tomorrow. Do you know? <laughs> I, was, I was still going home tomorrow. And um, only the doctor kind of sat down with myself and um, himself and it was only when he started explaining to my husband what was wrong that I actually started to understand that there was something wrong. <laughs> you know what I mean? I just couldn't. It just, it, my mind couldn't wrap around the fact that I wasn't okay, you know. But, um, yes, yeah, so I had blood transfusion and I was on about five or six different antibiotics until they could isolate the one antibiotic or the two antibiotics that okay. were going to fix me. So eventually they got they got they got all this sorted out. Um they're fantastic. Like they're brilliant. And um the the, the midwife um what was really funny was the midwife that was looking after me the most had been um one of the midwives on the ward the first for my first baby. Um and she had helped me through my second night of breastfeeding. She had literally sat beside my bed and helped me to breastfeed my first oh. child, whose birthday it was the following day. Yeah. Um, so it was all just really nice. It was, it was you know, as, as nice as those kinds of things can be. But um, so she actually organized and let the whole family in and brought tea down and everything so that we could have. Oh my god! In my room in the ward, you know. Oh. Yeah. So um, that would have lifted your spirits as well, which is God. You needed it that. Did. It definitely did. 
But at the same time, I was just, I was gutted to be missing it. And the following day, it was her first big party. She was having a big party in the play centre with all her friends from school. And I was like, I can't miss it. I can't, like, he's not going to be able to do that on his own. How is he going to manage doing that on his own? <laughs> you know, but um, yeah, no, so I had to miss that then as well. And uh, yeah, he managed, he was great. He did a great job. And uh, she doesn't even remember now at this stage. I don't think that I wasn't there. Yeah. You know what I mean? But um, it was such a massive deal to me. Such a massive deal that I was missing her birthday. Um, but yeah, so anyway, I got I eventually got out of hospital. And um, the whole way along then after that, I was going to my GP every week. And I was like, so when am I back to work? Um, when am I back to work? <laughs> she was like, you had sepsis. You, you don't just go back to work after having mm. some people take six months to recover from this I was like oh mm. oh god no oh oh no I'm fine oh god no no I'm fine I'm going back to work I'm going back everything is going back to normal I am fine <laughs> but I wasn't fine <laughs> my body was absolutely just attacking me for a long time and you know as she's my my doctor kept telling me you need to rest you need to stop and I was like yeah no I am I'm resting I'm resting what I was doing was um refurnishing the house and refurbing different rooms and doing everything but resting and because of that then everything started to go like wrong I had um I had bowel issues for about two weeks because it was as the doctor said your body is telling you to stop will you please stop (laughs) just relax you have to just relax if you want to get better you have to relax so after a few weeks of um just being very very sick I eventually took (laughs) took the doctor's advice and every day when I dropped the kids back to school I'd go back to bed and I, yeah, I'd read a book or I'd do something, but I just, it was, it was so uncomfortable for me not to be busy, for me not to be doing something, you know? And I think mothers, especially, we go through this thing where we're like, no, I have to be busy. I have to be doing something. I'm, I'm the mommy. I have to take care of everyone. You know, there is no time for me to be sick. There's no time for me to just sit back. Who's going to do this? Who's going to do that? But we have to realise at the end of the day, there is somebody there. There is always somebody yeah. there that will take up the mantle for you. Do you know what I mean? The world isn't going to fall apart just because you have to go to bed for a few days. You know, mm-hmm. And if it does, you have to let it because <laughs> the world will fall apart for an awful lot longer if you're sicker for longer than you need to be. <laughs> you know yeah, I mean? exactly. So, yeah. Um, yeah, that was that was a life lesson. That was definitely a, a life lesson in that, you know, sometimes putting yourself first isn't putting yourself first. It's putting mm. everyone else first as well, you know. So, yeah, that was um, that was that whole experience. And the day I got cleared to go back to work. Lockdown was announced. but that was kind of probably a blessing in disguise it wasn't it wasn't because the school's closed so now I had three oh yes all day every day for however many months 
And um, but then during the course of lockdown, of course, I got pregnant again. <laughs> so it was all good. And um, it was definitely a very different kind of a pregnancy Um, being pregnant during lockdown. But then also being pregnant after miscarriage is just, it's so different. It's a completely different ballgame. It's a completely different experience. You don't trust yourself an awful lot of the time. That's what I found. I didn't, I didn't trust myself. I didn't trust my body. I didn't like, I couldn't do this or I couldn't do that. And like, I stopped any kind of exercise because I was afraid. I was so afraid. Um, Going to the bathroom, if I was, you know, if I was struggling going to the bathroom, I was petrified that the baby was going to fall out because I was pushing too hard to try when I was going to the toilet. You know, things that had never been an issue and things that logically in my mind, I knew that's not that's not going to happen. (laughs) But just I was an emotional mess. I was just a mess. And because then because it was lockdown, uh, my husband wasn't allowed in with me to any scans. So the last scan that he has ever seen was a scan to tell us that our baby had no heartbeat, you know. Um, then at kind of at 16 weeks, uh, I went for the GP, the GP, the GP check at 16 weeks, and she couldn't find a heartbeat with the doctor. And so I was just crushed. And she knew my history, obviously. So she sent me straight into the maternity unit. Um, to get a proper scan, you know, with the with the machines or whatever. And luckily, thankfully, everything was okay. It was because the Doppler, which you find out when you go into the maternity unit, they're not supposed to use it. It's not recommended before 20 weeks at the earliest. Okay. Whereas this was the 16-week GP scan. And that was why she couldn't pick up the, the, the baby's heartbeat was because the Doppler isn't designed to do that. But I didn't know that, obviously. But, um, oh, the tears, the tears that were crying that day. And, of course, I was ringing my husband and he couldn't come in with me. And he had the other three kids. So he was petrified at home and he couldn't come in to mind me. And I couldn't I couldn't reassure him. And we were all kind of up in a heap. But um, thankfully, look, everything turned out OK. And uh, then um, but it was all such a mess because of COVID. We got in a letter for the 22 week scan to say that he was allowed in um, because the restrictions had been eased a little bit. So he was to be allowed in for the for the big scan. And um, so he dropped the kids that morning and I went straight to the hospital. When I arrived at the hospital, level five restrictions had just been put back in place. So I had to then ring him while he was on his way to the hospital and tell him to turn around he couldn't come so that was that was very tough that was very tough on him but also on me like as well you know but um yeah so we had to, I had to turn him around and he didn't get to come and see see the baby or anything like that but um yeah time went by and everything was great baby was developing everything was good um I was massive (laughs) so I thought baby four absolutely massive and um everything was fine then I was I was 100% expecting right I'm going to go over it's all going to be 
it's going to be the exact same as all along. I'm going to go over 10 days. I'm going to go over. I'm probably going to be induced. Um, I had PGP this time around, actually. So I was in absolute agony. Um, I was in such pain. And uh, I'll never forget, I was on the, we, I had a video call with the, with a physiotherapist because okay. referral for the PGP and um I had three kids at home in lockdown and she told me to try meditation and mindfulness to try and ease my pain <laughs> and I said thanks very much that's great thanks <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Super. that that sounds Super perfect. Thanks. So it's such a hard thing to manage. Uh, the only thing like that really gets rid of it is the baby being born. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It is. Um, so I, I, you know, I got the belt thing or whatever, the support belt and that had things a bit. And I, I wouldn't take any medication. I wouldn't take paracetamol. I wouldn't take anything because I was just too paranoid. I couldn't. I, I was like, no, because what if, you know, and I said to myself, and it was the same with all of it. I said, if 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 there happened to be an issue with the baby, I would forever blame it on the part. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Even if there was no related link at all, I would forever blame it on that. So there was just no way I was taking anything. Um, but um, yeah, so I had so much false labor on this pregnancy. It was crazy I was having it from a, from about seven months I'd say I was having Braxton Hicks but then the Braxton Hicks it was more than that like it was really really like it felt like I was going into labor every time and like I've, I'd i been in labor three times at that stage I kind of you know I knew what to expect so I was getting contractions and contractions and then they'd go away and they just wouldn't come back and I just couldn't get over this. And I kept telling the midwives and kept telling them. And they were like, oh, sure, look, it's, isn't that great now? Your body is just doing the work for you before you get into real labor. And I was like, well, it's not really because it's fucking sore. <laughs> you know, but um, on my due date, I started getting these um, these contractions. And I was like, oh, oh, here we go again. I'm just going to go to bed and they'll go away. Like, you know, if I sit down or have a walk around. But um it didn't go away. <laughs> so I went into went into full proper labor on my due date for the very first time, which was great. But um I was laboring away at home. Um started, I'd say it probably started about half 11, 12 o'clock. And I was getting the contractions, they were coming faster and faster and faster. I knew what was happening. I had I had, I told himself I said tonight's the night. Once I kind of had to half knew what was happening, he was awake, and I said go to bed because it's going to happen tonight. So he went to bed and he fell asleep. But at about two o'clock, I knew that I needed to get up and get ready to go. So I got myself ready and I rang my husband's sister because she was the one who was going to come over and uh, mind the other three. And I was trying to wait it out and trying to wait it out, thinking if I could just put it off until, you know, closer to the actual morning, you know, maybe nearly six o'clock or that. But uh, half two came and I knew I was like, I'm well and truly this baby is coming. This baby is coming. The hospital is about a 15 minute, 10, 15 minute drive. I'd say I had about five contractions on the way to the hospital. (laughs) 
<laughs> baby was ready. Like we were, we were ready to go. Um, I, they dropped me at the door, or you know, I, I got to the door, and there's a new way into the hospital now because of COVID. You have to get your COVID test. You have to do all these things, and um, but sure, I was too far gone. They couldn't wait for any of that, so they literally just took the details, uh, put me in a wheelchair, and brought me up and uh, I got up in the bed and my husband had to wait downstairs because of COVID and everything. They can only come in when you're in fully active labour. And um, so she said, uh, right, your waters haven't broken yet. Um, do you want me to break them now or do you want to wait until he's up here? And I said, um, sure, whatever you think yourself. Um, and then she did the little exam and she was like, we wait until he's up here. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. So he came up. I was on the gas and air. She broke the waters anyway. And we had arrived at the hospital at half three and baby was born at four o'clock. So, yeah, it was really quick. Um, but what was even quicker was she, um, I, I, I did the, the big push and I looked at my husband and the two midwives and they had this look of shock on their faces. They all had went like this. So, and I was like, oh, no, I said, I'm after doing something to myself. I thought to myself, I'm after ripping something. I'm after tearing something. No, she had come out in one push. Yeah, she had literally just come out all in one go. And um, no second push needed. No, nothing. Literally just one push. She was out. She was here. And that was it. <laughs> oh, that's cool. Yeah. It was, and um, she was actually my lightest baby. She was six fourteen, so she was the lightest baby. So uh, yeah, and it all went well again. She um, they 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 popped her up on my chest. It was really really surreal, especially for my husband because it was his first time to know that there was a real baby in there. <laughs> you know that kind of a way because he had missed all the scans. He had missed yeah. all the everything. Yeah. This was his first real connection with the baby. Like, you know, he would have been talking to my bum and feeling the kicks mm. and feeling. But, you know, when you haven't, because he hadn't seen the scans, because he hadn't had the chance to go to any of those things, it was, he was just like, there's a real baby here. Sinead, thank you so much for sharing um, as much as you have. It was lovely to see you, Laura. Thanks a million. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. You are more than welcome to share your story if you'd like to. So simply pop me an email over at irelandsbirthstories.ie or you can get in touch on the Instagram page. I'm quick at responding to emails than I am on, on Instagram. So yeah, you're more than welcome to share your story. Just get in touch and I will chat to you soon. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bolinbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.